BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Private eyes are watching you. They see your every move. Wow. Okay, I'm recording whenever you guys are ready. And getting on that karaoke, huh, Kyle? All right. Eyes watching you. It's the show open. Oh boy. into NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing from the Concord, North Carolina studios, the home of Motor Racing Network. I'm Chris Wilner. Kyle Ricky out at Killingly, Connecticut here on this brisk morning here when we record this show down here in Charlotte. Uh, Kyle, you spent a pretty good chunk of the weekend out there at Thompson uh, Speedway. How much fun was it getting to see uh, basically what? We had like six features in one night at one point, a part of the World Series? Yeah, I think there were 18 features uh, over... 16 divisions during the three-day span. Um, I think there were almost 500 race cars over the three days. So uh, great fields, great crowds for all three nights. Uh, The Friday night crowd was the best Friday night crowd I believe I've seen for the event. Saturday and Sunday are always good, uh, capped off by the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour uh, Sunday afternoon, which was a great event as well. A little different type of race than what we usually see at Thompson, which we'll talk about in a bit, but um, the weather held up. There wasn't a cloud in the sky for three days. The temperatures were great because it was predominantly sunshine and uh, made for, for a great weekend. Yeah, certainly. And it was really cool to see everybody kind of come together. The 60th edition of that world series uh, there at Thompson. And it was, like you said, fun to watch and, and be a part of, of course, all the coverage on flow racing as we crown some more champions here, as we begin to wrap up, the 2022 season. Uh, We got Lane Riggs on the show for you coming up here in segment number two, of course, crowned recently the last couple weeks, our new NASCAR Vance Auto Parts weekly national champion for 2022. Four points over Peyton Sellers in uh, what will go down probably as one of the tightest races for the championship in recent history uh, as part of the national championship. So we'll kind of get to talk to him about his little truck series start as well, uh, kicking off his career uh, as well here in 2022. So Lane Riggs coming up in segment number two. But of course, we'll kick things off with our Coast to Coast winners of the week. Uh, Kyle, I'll let you go first. Guest honors here, of course. Uh, Who's your number one winner this week? I don't know. I have 18 to choose from, from just Thompson alone. But we're going to start with Eric Goodale, uh, winner of the NASCAR Wheel and Modify Tour event at the Thompson Speedway, the Phoenix, Phoenix Communications 150, uh, the next to last race of the Modified Tour. Um, a unique race that saw one caution flag on lap 13. He was involved in it, uh, never pitted, uh, was able to keep rolling, did, a, I think, a half spin, um, but made his way up through the field in a race that went caution-free for the final 135 laps or so. But he was able to hold off Mike Christopher Jr. by about three seconds at the line to claim the win. There was a lot of talk in the last 20 laps or so if he could make it on fuel or if anybody could make it on fuel. Uh, It was a tough break for a lot of drivers that had issues during the event uh, that had to pit under the green flag. I know Ryan Priest uh, driving Old Blue uh, for the Bowler family had a a flat tire. 
midway through the event, had to pit, could never make up that uh, those lost couple of laps. So uh, we usually don't see that at Thompson. Usually it's caution filled, but uh, not on Sunday. And it was Eric Goodale picking up the race win and putting himself back in the run for the championship. I was about to say, that was not only just a big win for him to get back to victory lane, and we talked so much about Justin Bonsignor and how much of a run he was on to get back in the championship, but so is Eric. He's been kind of quiet a little bit more so this year than maybe what we're used to seeing, but boy, when you know he needs a win, he got it, and now he's you know in the hunt. I think the top three are separated by 12 points now going into uh, Martinsville finale here in a couple weeks, so uh, John McKennedy's got some company, and uh, of course, you know, uh, the big win for Eric kind of puts himself in that conversation as well uh, with Ron Silk as well as Justin Bonsignor. So pretty good stuff out there at Thompson. Like you said, it's hard not to, you know, pick just one winner when he had 18 features over the course of the weekend. But we'll give a shout out to all the winners there at, Tom at Thompson Speedway this past weekend. Uh, number two winner this week, I'm going to go with Sammy Smith. I feel like a broken record, but the guy is absolutely dominating this second half of the Arkham Menard Series season. Of course, capping off with the uh, season finale win this past weekend uh, out at Toledo, the backyard of the Arkham Menard Series. And of course, doing it uh, in dramatic fashion this time around with Jesse Love and a good start for Grant Enfinger. Good to see him back in the Arca Series. Uh, wheel to wheel, the final two laps, and Sammy just in third, bides his time, and a little bit no to the crumb, chrome horn, and there he goes underneath both of them for the win, and I don't think Jesse Love was too happy about it, uh, trying to park himself and interrupt Sammy's burnouts, but Sammy just let her rip in its face anyway, and of course Jesse got out, and there was a little altercation, and uh, of course, fireworks, right, to end the, the Arkham Menard Series season, but what a way to, to end it, his sixth win of the year, third in a row since Bristol, uh, pretty incredible stuff what Sammy's been able to do. And, of course, locking up the, the owner's championship, too, for KBM in their first season, too, in ARCA competition. So pretty strong effort there. Uh, and, of course, our champion uh, this year, we had him on the show uh, a couple, what, about a month ago or so, Nick Sanchez taking home the title. Daniel Dye uh, was in contention, but a broken shock, you know, kind of ruined his his hopes uh, he had to go a few laps down, and Nick was able to finish sixth and capture the championship. So lots to talk about, but uh, certainly kind of cool to see it end with, with a dramatic finish like that. No, absolutely. It was a dramatic finish, but I'm not quite sure why we needed all the dramatics post-race. Sure. I thought it was a very clean bump and run. Um, you know, he did what short track racers do in every division almost every week around the country. Uh, it was fun to watch. It was on, you know, obviously a national platform with flow. And, um, you know, there was a lot of eyes on the, this championship race for the Arkham Menard series, but uh, I'm not quite sure why we needed that post-race drama like, like we got. Well, we'll never know unless we ask Jesse, but either way, it was a fantastic way to end the season. Congratulations to Nick. I'm sure we'll catch up with him here in the coming weeks. Uh, my number three winner, well... I'll let you have it, Kyle. Let's go back and forth here because I want to see who you're going to pick first. Oh, I got Matt Hirschman. Uh, yeah. Smart Modified. Okay, there you go. Back at the Hickory Motor Speedway. They had the Hickory 100 this past weekend. Uh, that, that series beginning to wind down. Held off Burt Myers, Brandon Ward, and Bobby Labonte at the finish. Uh, another good field of cars there. Uh, the sixth win of the season for Big Money Matt, who's not done yet. Still a few modified races left on the season. Uh, one with the Smart Modifieds here this coming weekend. And then I believe he's heading up to the Seacong Speedway for the Haunted 100 up here in Massachusetts in two weeks. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to do Turkey Derby or any of those uh, late season type of events, but uh, I feel like whenever he shows up, he's a factor and more times than not in victory lane. So congratulations to Matt. 
picking up yet another checkered flag. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go with my number four winner this week, uh, Dylan Fetcho. Uh, you know, a lot of talk this week, obviously, has been about the action up at Thompson. A lot of modified races going on, but the pro late models, uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for close finishes. And that was probably about as close as we've seen, uh, especially with uh, Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway this year. Although we've had a couple, but uh, Dylan Fetcho was able to win over Jackson Boone in the pro late model 100 lapper uh, by a distance about that much. Uh, at the start finish line, they were side by side for the last five laps. The call of that race was fantastic and uh, really cool to see Dylan win. Obviously, he's kind of one of the youngsters that we talked about when you put him in conversations with William Sawalich and and a lot of those youngsters that are kind of really making a name for themselves this year. And he's won several times up at Nashville, but uh, kind of did it in dramatic fashion uh, this weekend in the Pro Late Model Series up there at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. So, and they still have a big event coming up in a couple weeks with the All American 400. So, lots more still to come from there. But congratulations to Dylan, Kyle. You want to round out our top five here? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, back to Thompson. Tom Carey the third with the American Canadian Tour, a division I know we talk about up here. Um, in northern New England, more times than not, up in Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, running a lot of bull rings up there. Uh, they ventured down south. In fact, they're going to be down here for uh, a couple of trips over the next month or so. They'll race at the New London Waterford Speed Bowl. But they uh, were in action on Saturday at Thompson, and it was a uh, third-generation driver, Tom Carey the third, picking up uh, a win. His second career ACT win, holding off Derek Gluchaki, who is always one of the front runners uh, when we race the ACT cars and when. He competes at the Seekong Speedway as well on Saturday night. Uh, great. Again, uh, it's like a broken record. A great field of cars. I think there were yeah. 25 that took the green flag for 75 laps. Minimal damage. Uh, not a whole lot of cautions, but very competitive at the front of the field. And it was Tom Carey, the third or TC three uh, picking up the checkered flag. What a great weekend up at Thompson. Congratulations to all of our winners. Of course, we have our shout outs of the week, our honorable mentions and uh, I'll go with the two Cars Tour winners here this weekend, a makeup race uh, at Ace Speedway uh, here in North Carolina, and it was Caden Huntingcutt getting an emotional win, third career win on the series, but boy, it came two weeks after losing his grandfather. I know he was super close with him, dedicated the win to him, uh, and that also you know allows him and the Nelson Motorsports team to be in title contention uh, for the late model stocks here with their season wrapping up. So a huge win for Caden. Uh, again, long winless drought is over for him. And then for the other Caden, Caden Quapple picking up the pro late model win as well out at ACE. Uh, again, he's in title contention um, uh, as well. So uh, we didn't have Carson in the field, of course, serving that suspension uh, from Tri, I think it was, what was it, Tri County? Where, where Tri -County. That incident? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, obviously his championship points take a little bit of a hit, but uh, it'll be a dogfight to the end. But really, really a great win for Caden Honeycutt. So congratulations to him. Who you got? My shout out of the week, Tommy Baldwin Jr. Uh, while the the driver champion wasn't clinched on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour this past week, the owner's championship was at Thompson, Mike Christopher Jr. racing to a second place finish. So uh, Tommy Baldwin with three different drivers in the field or, or competing in that car over the season, picking up the owner's championship. And now he can go and enjoy Martinsville Speedway here in a couple of weeks time and not have to worry about winning that owner's title. Exactly. Awesome stuff. All right. Well, 
Getting word, Lane Riggs is on the line. So coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing, we'll talk with your newly crowned national champion. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's up here for Ryan Blaney, four tires. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn? Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws? If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Flow Racing is the ultimate digital home track. For race fans everywhere, subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. Flow Racing is something for everyone. It's what we know. Sprint cars are there. NASCAR weekly racing series, drag racing, off-road, and much, much more. Learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. Welcome back into NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing and your newly crowned NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly National Champion joins us now, Lane Riggs. Congratulations, Lane. Huge season. I know we've had a couple of weeks to let it sink in. We were just talking during the break, though. Your phone has been going off the hook since then. What has the last two weeks been like since you got word that you're a national champion uh, and kind of everything that's followed here the coming weeks? Yeah, it's been very hectic with the, the not knowing and having to wait those four long days for you know everybody to make the decision and get official word and uh just getting that phone call and and um, from kevin at nascar and just hearing man that's we got it and uh just all that hard work and thinking back to the first race of the season all the way till you know the last one think about all those hard late nights blood sweat and tears that we all put into it and you know put our heart and soul into it and we finally you know got the cherry on top that we deserved so it, uh, it was great, you know, telling all my team members too. you know, we, we have all volunteer team and people that, you know, they put their heart and soul into it just because they want to, not because they're working for a paycheck. So, uh, man, when they heard the news, they were all just, you know, tearing up and crying and just a lot of emotions. And uh, it's been something great and something memorable. You mentioned uh, from the first race of the season to two weeks ago at the first race of the season. Was this the goal? funny it actually wasn't we our goal <laughs> this this season we said our goal was to have fun and to only run a couple races this season to run a couple big races and uh go to the lake and the beach a lot on the weekends well that was <laughs> quite different from what it turned out to be uh we went to to the couple cars two races at the beginning of the season ran strong and uh you know south boston is one of our our home tracks and you know, it was right down the road. We never really run there local much. We ran there a couple times, you know, the big 200 lap race and a bunch of cars to races there. And we said, Hey, you know, the season opener is coming up. We're not racing this weekend. Let's just, let's just go race. Let's just see how we stack up. 
Uh, we know Peyton Strong up there. He's, you know, ran there all his life. Uh, let's just go race and see what happens. And we went up there and we sweat the first weekend there. We're like, whoa, uh, you know, caught us off guard how good we were. And we said, well, we got to go back the next weekend. But the next weekend, won two races again. I'm like, wow, this is, you know, we got a lot of success going. And then, um, you know, past champions that have, have been acquaintances of me, you know, um, likes of Lee Pulliam and Josh Berry and all, uh, we just, you know, run the cars two together, been in short track racing a long time together. Uh, they came to me, they're like, you know, you're going to run for the national. And I was like, well, I didn't really think about it. And they said, well, you know, with the advantage you have right now, I would blame you if you didn't do it. So uh, the way I, the way I say it is I didn't choose the championship. The championship chose me. And uh, I felt like I had to pursue it and in the end it all paid off. So when that decision comes and then how does your scheduling and, and kind of your strategic planning for the season uh, to give yourself the best opportunity to take the championship, what goes into that thought process in terms of which races, which racetracks, kind of how does that balance out? Well, it really all comes down to car count. Whatever track is going to have a, a steady field of cars, because, I mean, to get your maximum points, you have to have 16 cars in the field, which any local track, that that's a hard task to feat. So um, I know that South Boston was a track that was going to have that steady every weekend. I know Dominion Speedway, uh, was going to have a track that had that steady. And then, you know, once in a while, Hickory would have it. And uh, even Wake County Speedway would have the car count. So um, it's really just chasing where the guys are. And at the same time, you know, we wanted to try to to race head to head with Peyton everywhere we went. And I feel like for the majority of the season, we did that. Uh, you know, this, the weekends he wasn't racing, we were trying to go somewhere else to wherever we could. But, you know, it was nice being able to race directly against my champion, the 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 guy that we're competing with for the championship versus being – you know, some guy racing a, a modified out in the in the Midwest versus me in the late model stock out here on the on the East Coast uh, racing for the same title. It, it was nice to to have two competitors racing head to head on the racetrack, race for the same title at the same time. You touched on my next question about, you know, uh, what was it easier? And I guess it was being able to see your competition more times than not on the same track with you versus trying to you know, Google the guy over in Minnesota on a dirt track trying to, you know, that you're competing with for a national championship. But why do you think that region of the country and, and especially a place like South Boston is so successful when it comes to crowning national champions? Is it is it for the most part car count? Because there's a lot of regions of the country that can't get 16 cars for their division for their division one program. Well, I think it's a lot of different factors into it. I think that that over here we have great competition fields. I mean, uh, the the top running teams are, are very professional and we we really put our heart and soul into it. I can look at them as, you know, almost truck or Xfinity level, you know, professional. So uh, I just think we got really good teams over here. We got the, the consistent car count. I know that most everywhere we go run twin races, which does nothing but help. You can run two races in one night uh, to get your race. in. I think we ended up with 40 some races this season, which is insane. You know, we didn't have 40 weekends of racing, um, but, you know, we I was able to run, uh, some tracks run on Friday nights, some tracks run on Saturday nights, some tracks run on Sundays. So you can you can do that, too. It's not everybody races on Saturday nights. So you can do double duty weekends, which we had to do. So, you know, right there at the end, most of my weekends, I was running, you know, four races in a weekend. So, you know, just getting the more races you run, the better opportunity you have to get the wins that you need. And, uh, you know, I think over here that we have enough tracks that has consistent car count to be able to do that. 
16 wins, 30 top fives, 38 top tens, something like that. Incredible numbers. During the course of the season, are you keeping track or is you and your team kind of looking at that? Because obviously, you know, you had to wait four days, right? There were a lot of discussions between you and Peyton, uh, you know, who should be crowned the championship. So as you're going through the season, are you kind of keeping track of where you stack up and and, and kind of having that database? So, uh, you know, I guess you kind of could, at least try to figure out where you where you stacked up at the end. Yeah, it more later at the end, you kind of had to look at it just to to plan and see what you needed to do. And I was hoping we would have had enough lead. We didn't even have to go to the last couple of races and take, uh, you know, sit back and, and and polish on the cars. But um, you know, early in the season, it just you know we were just out for wins. And you know, even though we got those first four or five at South Boston in a row, um, I was still just going for wins. I didn't really care about the points at the time. And uh, I feel like when you when you had that mindset and you just think about going out there and winning races, no matter what it takes, uh, odds are the points are just going to pan out themselves because the guy that usually wins all the races at the end of the year and is the overall dominant team will usually win, and I strive to be that every weekend. Now, you're a student at the uh, yeah. University of North Carolina. As if he's here. not busy enough, he's got a, you know, school too. <laughs> and that's my question. How do you balance that side of life with this side of life? It's been tough. There's not much fun <laughs> as in uh, everybody asks, you know, how's college? I say, well, I don't know. I show up on Monday morning and I go to classes and then I come home Thursday afternoon after my classes. And uh, I just got to the best way to describe it is to grind during the week just to, um, you know, really focus on my schoolwork and you know, pull all nighters sometimes. And, uh, you know, I don't get to go to the the weekend college parties and, and this, that and the other. It's it's you have to grind schoolwork during the week. And, uh, and then on the weekends, you got to focus on that race car. And, you know, I couldn't do it without dad and everybody on the team that, that they really stepped up when I had to go back to school. It was a lot nicer and easier during the summer. I was home. I was hands off my car. I was fully enthralled in racing. That was my only priority in life. And then school came around and it became a 50-50 mix. So just them stepping up to the other half of it and, uh, you know, make sure when I when I showed up to the racetrack, I didn't see the car since last weekend. You know, I'd show up and I had to have confidence in it because I knew they had it right. You mentioned your father, Scott, obviously a former NASCAR Cup Series driver, big influence on your career. What has it been like to share this journey with him? Because it is a small family team. You mentioned all volunteer employees that help you guys uh, on the weekends, week in and week out. So how much more special is this championship to share, not only with your dad, but uh, being a small team? It was it, it was something that I think I'll look back for sure and, and appreciate in life. It's kind of hard to think about it right now I, feel, I still I still don't feel like it's over I feel like we're still in the heat of battle at the moment you know we raced it um at Orange County Speedway our home track um this past Saturday and didn't quite go how we wanted it to we had a mechanical failure for uh once actually almost all season so hey at least it happened now after the championship was over it's not a good during, point during the heat of battle That's, we always got to look at the bright side but uh, no, it's been great and, and special to do it between us. And, you know, we had our bickering moments. And we had our, our ups and downs as a team, like always. But like I said, I just wouldn't be able to do it without him. He put his heart and soul into it. And I know the last couple of months got pretty rough for everybody here and just uh, just thriving to get the get the cars back to the track. And all the guys, you know, they have to work during the week uh, at their day jobs and, and then work all late through the night. And I had to be at school talking through what I wanted on the on the phone. Uh, of what kind of setup I wanted this weekend instead of being hands on there doing it myself. So, uh, yeah, it just, we really had to spread ourselves thin to make it happen. But like I said, in the end, we, we spread it just the right amount. 
And ultimately, it sounds like zero. there was zero lake time among all of this. <laughs> there, was, uh, that, <laughs> there was very little lake time. I think we went one time for the day, and it was like on a on a Thursday, and we already had the cars finished for the weekend. So we went and tried to enjoy a little bit, but you know, just time away from your family and and stuff like that. It's it's been really hard to do, but you know, like I said, in the end, our, our end goal was to do it. And I'm just I'm just so proud of all the guys that were able to, like I said, put their heart and soul into it and make it happen. Now that you've done it, you know, obviously a national championship will open a lot of doors as you kind of look already toward 2023. I know you're still doing some racing this year, but what kind of things, you know, you expect maybe for next year? Obviously, we know the the truck series starts this year. You kicked it off in a big way at IRP. Got to watch you get a top 10, which was awesome for Hallmark Freeze and Racing. But I guess, you know, have those conversations started about what next year looks like? Any more opportunities on the horizon for you? They have. Uh, my goal for next year is to be a, a full-time truck racer, Xfinity driver. Uh, you know, I feel like I've I've cut my teeth at late model level and, and short track level for so long. And uh, I feel like I got that opportunity to move up and I proved myself that I, I deserve to be there. So uh, it's just really comes down to the partnerships that that become come to me and uh, really the financial side that, that it's going to take to be able to put me full time. So, uh, you know, it's really tough right now, but I just feel like I've done everything I can on the racetrack to to prove myself and uh, try to prove to a big time sponsor that that I deserve to be out there. So I'm um, just getting that right opportunity. And uh, odds are I'm I'm going to be possibly running another truck race before the end of the season. I can't quite say which one yet, but uh, for Hallmark Freezing Racing. So I'm looking forward to that and try to have a third race that we run really well. And that also actually opened some doors for some rookie testing um, over the off season. So uh, yeah, that's the big goal right now to be a be a full time NASCAR driver next year. I think there's only two truck races left, so I think I have a 50-50 shot if I want yeah, to begin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't think that far ahead, but yes, either either way, it's going to be the biggest track I've ever raced on, so I'm excited about that. Well, uh, let's, My final question for you is about that uh, truck success at IRP earlier this year, top 10 run, as Chris mentioned. Uh, what do you like about those trucks, and uh, why do you think you adapted so well so early? Uh, they, were big, they were a big change between the shape – uh, with air, which is something I never had to deal with before is air. And I, I learned really quick what air was and how you got to race around it. And uh, I know all the guys complain about dirty air. It's real, even at the small tracks. And, and the, the radial tire was a big change too, just the way that you couldn't, you could not slip it. You know, late model tire, you're slipping at every corner and you're sliding and you're spinning a bias ply. You can really abuse a bias ply tire. And it'll come right back. Then radials, you cannot. If you spin it or slip it one time, you're falling back. So it was just a lot of discipline. And I feel like the tracks over the years, the Wake Counties and the Myrtle Beaches and the Florences where you really have to save tire, uh, though in the, the throttle control that I've learned over the years is really what it took, especially when you threw 200 more horsepower on me. You, you gave me a worse tire grip-wise and you throw more horsepower. It takes a lot of throttle control. So uh, just my experience over the years with with having to save bias ply tires really came into play and uh, just – I realized that you can be a lot more gentle driving it and go faster doing it. But, uh, you know, Hallmark, they gave me a great truck at IRP. And, and I was just really proud to, you know, we were lapped down all the way till 65 to go. We got the lucky dog came all the way back up and we're lining up fifth on a green, white checkered restart. And, uh, I mean, I was, I was on the restart there and, you know, keep keeping heat in my tires and I'm looking around. I'm like, well, there's a past champion. There's the, the, the guy I was watching last week. You know, that's my idol next to me. 
and <laughs> it's just it's really cool. I was like, and I'm right here, and then I got guys behind me that you know I know they're fast too. So yep. yeah, it was just uh, amazing. I was I was sitting there, and that's when I realized I said, you know, I I deserve to be here. I feel like I'm one of these guys now. So uh, like I said, that's that's my end goal and, and dream is is to be there full time next year. So then how do you prepare? And my final question will be, you know, obviously you're going to run a big track to finish out the year and then, you know, what's to come next year. So how do you prepare from that coming from the short track race? We like to pick the brains. I mean, we've talked to Josh Berry too about what it was like going, you know, mile and a half racing after running, you know, umpteen million short track events throughout his career. So how do you kind of start to prepare for that and uh, and, and get that experience? Well, I think the biggest time, biggest thing, especially in this day and age is the simulation time. Um, you know, I'm already playing on iRace and trying to get some laps in and, uh, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, Hallmar has a lot of connections with TRD. So I get to use the TRD simulator when I do go to racetracks. Um, that was very, very beneficial going to Richmond and, and IRP in the, in the matter. So, um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to get on the simulator soon. The, the big one in the, the real simulator, it's not a game at all. It's a, it's a simulation program and it's amazing what they have over there at TRD and, uh, just to have the opportunity to to race on it and, and drive on it myself is a great tool for the team. And, uh, you know, the more laps you can turn there, the better. When you show up to the racetrack, you feel like you get out there and your first lap on the track, you're, you're blistering, you're blistering the track. And, you know, people say, how do you do that? You've never been on the track. I said, oh, I've run hundreds of laps at this track. It might not have actually been there, but I've run hundreds of laps at the track. So uh, just new technology and the new day and age. Your dad talking about it, he says, that's crazy how y'all do that. You know, we, we used to go testing and do this. And I said, you know, it's a different age. You, you, you got to adapt. Well, congratulations again on everything lane. Super, super excited for you, for the team, uh, for your dad. Uh, obviously now you can go enjoy it a little bit. Uh, I, I, are you racing a few more times this year or are you going to actually get some downtime now and focus on that schoolwork too? Well, it's going to, right now we're going to go wherever we want to go. Like I said, this okay. past weekend we went to orange County, our home track five minutes down the road and, I know the Cars Tour has one of their last races of the year at South Boston Speedway. Be hard not to go to that. Uh, just hey, if we want to go, if the cars are ready, we say hey, let's you know we get the itch to go racing again. We're going to go. But hey, if we're tired and we say hey, the the beach is looking mighty nice right now, we're going to go through that too. So uh, really, now it's all the fun and do what we want to do and just and try to soak it all in and enjoy it. That's awesome. Living your best life. That is incredible stuff. Lane, congratulations again. Thanks for joining us here on Coast to Coast. Yep. Thank you guys for having me on. Lane Riggs, your new national champion. Awesome conversation with him. Coming up next, we've got the calendar, of course, what's coming up this weekend around motorsports. That's next on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
by Flow Racing. Flow Racing is the ultimate digital home track for race fans everywhere. Subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. Flow Racing is something for everyone. It's what we know. Sprint cars are there. NASCAR weekly racing series, drag racing, off-road, and much, much more. Learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. into NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Just wrapped up our conversation with Lane Riggs, Kyle. A uh, star is officially born, I think, although he's been winning for quite some time. But as you could hear from our conversation, uh, the sky's the limit. And I think the future is going to be pretty bright for Lane Riggs, especially uh, wrapping up this year and then going into next year. And he's only 20 years old. And I think back to when I first started in the sport many moons ago, uh, I was interviewing his father on a fairly regular occasion down on the grid, uh, Scott Riggs. And I see a whole lot of Scott uh, and hear a whole lot of Scott in Lane. So I uh, look forward to working with Lane uh, for, for many years down the road. It sounds like we'll see him um, more and more at the uh, the NASCAR national level, a uh, couple, maybe at least one more time this year. And hopefully uh, on a more regular basis in 2023. Absolutely. So best of luck to Lane. Congratulations on the championship. Our go with the flow calendar. Boy, it's starting to get a little thin as we hit the halfway point of the month of October already coming up here next week. And I tell you what, it's like, you know, you crown champions, all of a sudden the calendar, just another line disappears. Another line disappears. Uh, obviously, uh, that means we're getting close to the end of the season, but we still have some big events coming up. Uh, Arca West, though, is the big headliner on the national tour uh, this week. Obviously, out at the Las Vegas Bullring, their penultimate race of the season. Uh, Tanner Reif, Jake Drew, kind of the heavy favorites coming in. A late start for those of us on the East Coast, 11.35 p.m., so have an extra cup of coffee on Friday. Uh, but Flow Racing is the place to be to catch the Arca West Series. Kyle, uh, it, it, championship-wise, it's those two. Uh, it's hard to pick against those two. But uh, Las Vegas Bullring, though, uh, brings out usually uh, some some different winners, I guess, in, in races past. So we'll kind of see what happens this week. Yeah, it's going to be a bigger field, I think. Uh, I mean, there's only so many cars you can fit on the yeah, Las Vegas that's true. Bullring. But because it is a major NASCAR weekend, everyone wants to be a part of it. Um, you know, the Cup Series is going to race there on, on Sunday. The Xfinity teams will be there on Saturday. So everyone wants to start the weekend at the Bull Ring and be a part of it. Uh, if you're into short track racing on that side of, of the country, and there's a lot of West teams out there, we've seen their fields really expand here in the last year or two. I expect a full field. Jake Drew has a massive point lead. It's going to be hard for anybody to catch him. But one stutter step in a big field like we will probably see in Vegas, and no doubt we'll see at Phoenix in a couple of weeks' time, um, that 51-point gap can go away in a hurry. So uh, it'll be fun to watch, uh, And but it's still 90 minutes earlier than the Vegas Formula One race next year. So keep that in mind. I know. That is going to be wild uh, next that's year that. for sure. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. Got to love it for the Night Owls, though, that's for sure. Uh, big big race coming up on the late model side of things. The uh, Winchester 400, the 400 lapper, uh, a marquee event uh, across short track racing each and every year. 
you can tell it begins to wrap up the season because between that and the All-America 400 kind of bookend before we get to the snowball, of course, uh, later on in a couple months. But the Winchester 400 is loaded, including right. defending winner Sammy Smith. I mean, you go through the list. Carson Hosevar is a former champ. Steven Nassie. Oh, yeah. Then you've got the William Soyliches. You've got Corey Heim and Chandler Smith, who won the Derby last year. He wants the rifle trophy this year. I mean, you name it, they're all going to be there. Uh, what a cool racetrack, too. The high banks of Winchester and in Indiana. Uh, had the pleasure of going down there a couple times since I lived in the Hoosier State. Uh, super fun racetrack. And when you get those late models on there, buckle up. It's it, it's a good race. What do you think? Yeah, it takes your breath away. Uh, no matter what races at Winchester, whether it be uh, the USAC midgets and sprint cars and silver crown cars or the stock cars, um, it's fun to watch uh, the Winchester 400. It is a grind. I mean, we have seen races these last few years where – you know, they'd start 26 to 30 cars and seven or eight would finish um, three on the lead lap. Uh, it's just a, a battle of survival. We've seen some hellacious incidents, um, a lot of mechanical issues because it is a rough racetrack. I mean, I, I've been told that there are holes in that racetrack toward the bottom off the apron that, you know, you can lay in. Um, yeah. But, but uh, you know, it's, it's a rough surface and that's what makes it unique. That's what makes it fun. And that's why there's going to be great fields of cars there this weekend. I was looking at some of the other entry lists for the support races on Friday and Saturday, and they're, you know, 30 deep as well. So uh, going to be a great weekend, all capped off with the Winchester 400 on Sunday. That's right, and those support series include championship races for the JEG CRA All-Stars, of course, and the CRA Late Model Sportsman Series, so some championships to be decided uh, before the run-up to the 400-lapper on Sunday. Should be a lot of fun. $31,000 is up to the winner's purse, and that includes bonuses if uh, the winner can nab all those, so not a not a bad payday for a Sunday afternoon. Uh, the other thing on the calendar I had, Kyle, is I believe the Smart Mods, yep, at Tri-County this weekend. You talked about Matt Hirschman taking Taking home the smart mods win this past weekend they're beginning to slow down in 2022 but uh, tri-county is a great racetrack for those modified so it'll be fun to watch uh, i believe matt's entered in that one too so maybe he can get on a little bit of a roll here big money obviously living up to his name again this year uh but what else do we have on the calendar yes you've covered it <laughs> the smart modifieds have two races left they have motor mile next weekend as well uh, that was rained out from two weeks ago uh, after Tri-County this weekend. So you're right, they're beginning to, to run down. Matt Hirschman will be a part of this weekend before he comes up at the Seekonk Speedway for the Haunted 100 next weekend. Other than that, things are fairly quiet. Yeah, that's right. A couple tra uh, track championships on the local level. And then don't forget, tons of dirt racing. If you want to get a little crossover action on Flow Racing, Power Eye, USAC, the Bettenhausen 100, uh, a marquee event for the Silver Crowns, of course, uh, ASCS Sprint Cars, you name it, it's all on Flow Racing. So if you haven't had it yet, shame on you. Uh, I feel like I talk about this every week. Get Flow Racing, best bang for your buck, and check out all the racing, including NASCAR Roots uh, Racing with uh, all that on the channel. All right, well, Kyle... Uh, it was a busy weekend here in Charlotte with the Roval weekend, of course. It was great to see everybody uh, that doesn't live in Charlotte on the NASCAR world kind of be in town this week. Got to go up to Millbridge Speedway. Uh, we had some of our uh, regulars there, but of course, Jesse Love was in action. Uh, he's been running a lot of dirt stuff as well. Some of the local stars is, uh, were here. Brandon Jones was running another micro. So uh, really cool to see when NASCAR's in town, kind of the fans that come out and check out all the local racing. Uh, really cool stuff. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, this weekend, though, on the local levels, of course, Arkham Menards are the West Series out at Las Vegas. What do you got on tap for your weekend? Anything exciting? Great. 
No, it's going to be, I mean, everything's for the most part buttoned up. Thompson's yeah. done, Stafford's done. The new London Waterford Speed Bowl, I think, is in action this weekend. So I'll probably venture down there for at least one of, I believe, three days of racing. So uh, another big weekend there. But other than that, uh, getting quiet and getting cold up here in the Northeast. Yeah, it's that time. You're going to be talking about snow here before we uh, get it's too far along in this I know, I know, I know. Well, that does it here for us on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Kyle Ricky, I'm Chris Wilner. Craig Moore, our producer, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week when we recap all the action in NASCAR Roots Racing. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk about it next week.